Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another podcast. This is the Yoga Scoop with Evan and Kelly, except, surprise, this week Kelly's not here. She's out of town having a blast. But instead, I have a special guest here today. You're special. Yeah. Yeah, he's special. I was laughing at the Yoga Scoop. Oh, oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Right, okay, great. Yeah, so I'm here with David Kyle, um, yoga anatomy extraordinaire. He's in town doing uh, a few a few workshops at the studio this week, this weekend. And so I uh, bribed him with a delicious egg sandwich and some coffee, and now he's going to do the podcast with me. Are you excited about it, David? <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good because I have the egg sandwich in my belly now. Yeah, right, right, right. Good. Um, okay, so just a little intro. intro um, David was the first uh, traveling teacher to come to our studio back in 2011. That was great. Great. One runner. And, <laughs> and since then, um, he's just put out uh, a lot of products that have been really useful. So he has a great book about anatomy, some online courses that we use for our teacher training, uh, as well as just the newsletter and blogs. And I just sort of often direct people in that direction. You know, actually... I think you were the first person to talk about my butt on the internet, too. I don't know if you remember that. Remember that? I'm talking about your butt on the yeah, internet? Yeah, yeah, So when we were when you were here oh, the first time... The, to squeeze or not to yeah, squeeze. Yeah, the squeeze or yeah. not to squeeze. That's a yeah. great article. That gets a lot of traffic. Does it really? Yeah, your butt gets a lot of traffic. Oh, well, it's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Giving my body to science. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, okay, so... So, so look look that up, folks. All right, so I have a few uh, questions for you here, David, um, in your area of expertise and otherwise. So um, how much anatomy do you think yoga students and teachers need to know? Uh, you know, it's a, uh, I've, I've been asked this question before. And, uh, you know, we, we, meant, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, and there's always this feeling from yoga teachers like, they can never really know enough anatomy. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to know everything, but it feels like from the teaching point of view, you need to know enough to know where your edges are. So when students come with issues that are popping up or cropping up, um, you either know you have some sense of a direction to send them in mm-hmm. or, or possibilities of what it could be and then uh, some kind of technique that might test that as a theory, mm-hmm. and then if you can't figure it out, then send them to the appropriate, you know, practitioner, you know, whether it's a massage therapist, chiropractor, or a doctor, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be true for a, for just a practitioner as well? They would... I, You know, I think for a practitioner, the amount is, is technically, I think, less, because... I mean, they're observing their own body, but it's they're in it, so they're they're having the experience of moving in their um, own body. Yeah, yeah. So in a, in a sense, it's almost like it's not like they're having to observe it super objectively. From the teaching point of view, you kind of want to see it as objectively as oh yes, the function of that hip joint is not happening that way or that way. The student, I think, kind of experiences that like man, this hip doesn't move as much. Ah, uh, yeah. And and this is where the anatomy becomes helpful, I think, to even the students where it's. Like you hit that point where you wonder why you can't do something or what's stopping you from doing something you want to do. or mm-hmm. then That's when people usually dig into it more anyway. But you definitely, what I can say for sure is you don't need to know anatomy in the sense of 
what all the names of the muscles are, what all the names of the bones are, and that part is not terribly important. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Can you talk about the concept of uh, kinesthetic empathy? <laughs> I thought that was a really cool term. Yeah. Um, it's a term that, as far as I know, I've made up. I mean, I don't know that nobody else has ever put those two words together, but I don't recall in my memory hearing it that way. Yeah. Um, kinesthetic empathy is, from for me, from the teaching point of view, and kind of having empathy for somebody in the way their body is either put together or how it functions or how it doesn't function, and at the same time kind of honoring that and just instead of imposing my own kinesthetic experience onto somebody, yeah. I kind of utilize kinesthetic empathy as a way of imagining what it's like to be them yeah. and, and working with them from that point rather than from my own. Yeah, that gives a name to something that I think most of us have experienced <clears throat> sure. as teachers when you just, you can just sort of, you, you wince or you sigh or whatever inside because you can just sort of intuit what the other person is feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to think about that as something that you could then develop intentionally or that is a, you know, is a particular mm -hmm. skill that you can look at and that, that just gives it a whole new power to develop, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it is definitely... It's one of these things that um, if you pay attention, it develops. Mm. Yes. If, you, if yes, you're unaware right, of it, right. well, then, you know, you, you may get a glimpse of it here or there, but it's not cohesive in those random moments when you might even experience it or you wouldn't even think to label it or name it. Or right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I would guess if you are developing um, anatomical knowledge in the sense of muscles and tissues, it would really pay off to develop the other one too, the kinesthetic empathy. I think so. Um, you know, there's the, um, what are they called, the multiple intelligences, and kinesthetic, oh, yeah. kinesthetic is one, of, whether you agree with multiple intelligences or not, I mean, there's, there's more debate about it now than mm -hmm. when it first came out. Um, was that Howard Gardner? That yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Howard. Um, <clears throat> I think it's that development of that kinesthetic, you know, way of knowing things. Yes, yes. You know, and yogis typically are good about that. Applying it to somebody else, you know, maybe it, maybe it says something about people's ability to have empathy for somebody, you know, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to make too big of a leap there. But. Yeah, one thing I think about a lot in, um, well, teaching, but also in uh, my therapy practice is... Uh, is exactly that, the empathy and the way that we ping off one another. And I don't think we exactly know where that comes from, but there's the, well, you maybe know more about this than I do, but mirror neurons, the idea that we have particular particular parts of the brain that are about intuiting or trying to perceive what the other person is feeling at the moment. And so just like pulling that capacity out and then developing it independently is such a great idea. Useful yeah. for all sorts of things. Uh, you, yeah, and especially teaching. Okay, um, now you mentioned this yesterday in the workshop. Um, tell us about how your, you said that your recent meditation practice has kind of informed your practice and your teaching. Can you talk about that? Sure. Without revealing names? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the big realization was that Thankfully, I had done a good job of preparing myself for meditation. Oh, practice. yeah, yeah. There was that. It's always a good feeling. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Um, I, think, I think the biggest, like, 
without going off too deep into type and style and all of that stuff. Um, I think what's been most important is is the meditation sort of creating another layer of context in which I do my asana practice, oh, okay. especially the one that I do. Okay. Like I, I now see it more clearly through the lens of a meditation practitioner. Oh yeah. And it's kind of like it's more like it. Again, thankfully, I was practicing in a way that was cultivating, you know, what I would call good patterns, even for meditation work. Yeah. And so it it hasn't really it's deepened focus or concentration. Hmm. It's, it has done. It's definitely had that impact. Um, but it's it's more been a perspective shift. Yeah. And yeah. clarified. Oh yes, that that is exactly why I'm doing those things. Yeah. For me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And so then, what do you recommend to students about start meditating or not, or <laughs> do you just not make that recommendation? I. Or what do you think? I. I personally waited until the teacher was obviously in front of me, mm. so I'm not really pushy about it. I definitely think it's helpful, and if somebody asks, I definitely recommend. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think what I do is I try to encourage it more as cultivating the same things that got cultivated in me at the stage where I was mm -hmm. and the stage where I'll assume they are and cultivate those things, and then the meditation practice is going to come at the appropriate time for that student. I see, yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's general about my, my teaching anyway. It's like, I try to see people where they are. It's very easy for me, as somebody who's practiced for a really long time, to go, oh, this is where you're heading with it. This is how you should do it. Yeah. But actually, that's not necessarily what's best for them at that moment. Yeah. And so I always try to keep people in context of where they are in the bigger process of developing a practice. So yeah, same right. thing with meditation. Yeah, and if you can see it as part of one spectrum or one field of things that are all developing together. Totally. Yeah, yeah, rather than something you're adding to, uh, although it may come that way. Um, okay, uh, tell us about, uh, so a lot of people probably are familiar with your anatomy book, but can you just tell us about that and just some of the other resources that you have online, just sort of the content that you have out there? Um, sure. Um, well, uh, Functional Anatomy of Yoga is just about five years old. I don't know the last time I was here. I don't think it had been published no, yet. Uh -uh. Yeah, it's about five years old. Um, it was a labor of love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not inclined to write another book. <laughs> I mean, it was hard. Oh, I wanted to break the break the next book you have coming out. No, it's not happening. No, it's oh, not happening. Well, that's, that's too bad. Not. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Um, <laughs> you never. I never say no to anything, but I. I don't. I don't feel like a natural writer. Mm -hmm. That process helped me be a better writer. Definitely. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. And the process was certainly interesting and fun, and it forced me to really think hard about what I was willing to put in writing and on paper uh -huh. in that way because uh -huh. like, it's kind of there's some declarative quality to putting something in a book like this is how it is uh -huh. even though i don't hold it that way that people hold you to it that way right 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 but you say in your book <laughs> you, and it's like, well that was five years ago i've changed my mind kind of. <clears throat> but um anyway so yeah i've got the book and you know i i mean i just find myself in a place where I have this anatomy knowledge. I'm really good at delivering it in a way that is, you know, relatively simple for a complicated subject. And 
you know, helping people understand it so that it informs their their practice, their movement, their body. And so that's kind of what is driving me. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, it's like, well, I, it just so happens I've got this body of knowledge and I can share it in a way that people resonate. And I love yoga, so it makes sense to deliver to the yoga community. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like it's drawn from um, experience, meaning yeah. you have actually worked with thousands of people who have experienced right. the same things over and over and seen the patterns and then seen what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. So it's it's not just conceptual. Correct. But it starts as my own practice and my own laboratory that I've and I, and I was very lucky in the sense that I was neither flexible nor strong, nor was I weak or super tight oh, either. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like in the middle, so my own body sort of expanded outward in both directions. So I have a lot of kinesthetic empathy for the tight person and the oh, flexible yeah, person. Yeah. And the, you know, I can relate to all of it a little bit at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I like about it is uh, in the book... And in the blogs and things is you have a very conversational way of writing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it doesn't seem academic or... I avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a highly academic subject, yeah, potentially. Yeah. And so if you take an academic subject with all the jargon and everything that goes with it, and then you add really complicated language around it, it just gets really hard to understand. Yeah, and right. fall asleep. So there's no point in doing that. Right. I'd, ra- I'd rather it be like, hey, let's have a coffee and talk anatomy. Right, right. <laughs> it's not coffee and cars. It's coffee and anatomy. Coffee and anatomy, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's the kind of, the book and then the stuff online is, functions, has functioned for me both as, I can use it as like a curriculum if I want to read about if I want to learn about, you know, an arc of understanding forward bending or something, you can right. read through it and sort of get the skeleton. But you can also keep it as a reference yeah. or go to look at the blog when you're wondering about whatever it is, and then you can likely find it there. There's a good chance I've written about it. Yeah. <laughs> the popular stuff I've written about. Sit bone pain, back pain, I mean, shoulder stuff, rotator cuff injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lotus. Lotus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lotus. <laughs> Never ending. The nuanced versions of how you can describe Lotus to people is yeah. impressive. <laughs> All right. One more. Um, right. So how about, tell us about what's the edge of your development right now. What are you working on? What are you thinking about? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> other than construction. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no. um, in terms of practice, um, you know, I think I think my edge at the moment is a little bit of letting go. Uh-huh. And, you know, as I get older, it's, it's kind of like letting go in terms of uh, letting go of feeling like I need to do things the way I used to do them. Mm-hmm. I think... And that's a, that, that is, you know, that is an edge, you know, for me. Yeah. That's, a, that's a hard thing to kind of come to terms with. Um, it, feels, it feels right, like in my body and, and in my practice, um, intellectually is where it becomes, you know. Yeah. Like I, I still feel like I need to perform in some way, you know, as a traveling teacher and, you know, yeah. all of that yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. comes up around that. That's, that's bringing up some, some good stuff for me. It's not terribly hard, but it's, it's definitely something I'm, I'm working with at the moment. Yeah, so that would be a kind of repatterning. Yeah. Yeah, repatterning and reprogramming. As it turns out, your body doesn't work the same way when you're 48 as when you're 28. Breaking news, folks. You heard it here on the Yoga Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got the scoop. You got, you the, got scoop. the scoop. You got the scoop. <laughs> that comes from an anatomist, too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. 
<laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, um, can you tell people where they can find your stuff? Uh, easily find it. Well, yeah. Yoganatomy.com. Yoga Anatomy. That's, that's a great me. way to describe it. I yes. usually say yoga anatomy with one A, but that's... That works, too. That's clever. That's more efficient. I, I like that better. All right. Well, thanks for talking today, David. Uh, let's get back in there and do some yoga. Okay. Let's All do right. It. Bye, everybody.